My name is Nick. This is a show we like to call to a certain degree that we like to call it that because that's actually the name. And uh, we do this every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. And I am very lucky in the sense that I get to speak to some incredible guests every week. And my incredible guest this week is Candy Cole. Good morning, Candy. Good morning. So, Candy, you are of uh, Maker Fair Orlando and the Maker Effect Foundation. That's correct. And you're also a person. Yeah, I am. So a parent. Not necessarily this early in the morning. But. No, uh, a mom, a uh, driver. Uh, let me just say <laughs> a voter, an American. Yep. yep. So I always find that fascinating since I'm from Canada. And uh, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. First off, because we're going to talk about all those things, not necessarily being a driver or a voter, because I don't want to talk about politics. No, uh, that's not fun. Because, yeah, and I don't fully understand it. I'll I'll continue saying this until I finally become an American citizen at some point that I'm Canadian. I have no idea what you guys are doing. Jeff Trudeau for president. Yeah, he's <laughs> super handsome, super duper handsome. But he was born in Canada, just like um, Ted Cruz. Uh, so, uh, we're going to play a little game to get to know you. It's basically 20 questions. We're going to do 10 questions now, 10 questions later. And the name of this, I always change the name of the game. The mm -hmm. name of the game this week is Wine or Dine. Okay. Uh, so the reason for that is, uh, because wine is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Uh, it's healthy from what I understand. It makes friends of enemies and enemies of friends. <laughs> Absolutely. And who has time for dining anymore? No, it's just... I, pills and water. That's all I need for, for yeah. nutrients and stuff like that. So if you agree with something or you feel particularly strongly about something, you say wine. If you're like, no chance will I ever do that or do I want to think about that? It's dine. OK. OK. Uh, so pool baths. Uh, dine. Dine. That's gross. Yeah. Now I have so... two boys and I will say over the summer, my boys have been on to do that from time to time. Uh -huh. But eh. No, not so much for you. A girl's got to take a shower. Sorry. <laughs> How about millennials? Mm, I'm going to say, well, there's a little bit of wine and a little bit of dine. Okay. I will say. You're um, half and half on them? I, I am going to half and half because I I will say, while us Gen Xers kind of dog on the millennials a lot, um, they do have a lot to, a lot, they have a lot to offer the world. They have a lot of value. They come from things with a little bit different perspective. Um, millennials aren't having kids is early they understand that the world is overpopulated and they're seeing things through a different lens and trying to solve some problems in a different way than we did mm -hmm. and i have to applaud that i can't i can't criticize that and then there's other things that they do that i'm like what the heck were you thinking so and is it just because they're younger than us probably yeah 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 okay i could see that it, just because you're in your 20s and yeah. doing dumb stuff and you were like i wish i was in my 20s again doing dumb stuff yeah exactly <laughs> And you're not listening to me. I have all this knowledge. They have to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, um, I don't know if you saw, there was a study done recently. Uh, are you familiar with the term schadenfreude? It's a German term that means uh, taking, secretly gloating in the misery of others. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great term. And of course it's German. Uh, but they did a study. They were looking for something else entirely. And they think they found the neurons that mm -hmm. fire if you particularly have that. And I think that's what happens when I look at some of the some of the youth, not only the millennials, but whatever the next generation. Yeah, you is know what? You're, that's ex you're exactly like, correct. Eh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You screwed up. And I'm going to sit that's back and great. laugh because yep. you screwed up. Yeah. Yep. All right. Going back to wine or dine. How about LASIK eye surgery? Uh, I'm going to say dine. I know yeah. lots of people that have loved it, but I'm just scared that, you know, what Lasers if that laser pointed at your brain? Yeah. What if the doctor sneezes or something and then I'm. They're always sneezing. I, you, you know what know? I found out recently? Doctors, human. No way, right? Yeah. If it was a robot, I don't know. But then the robots are built by humans. So I don't know that that's any better. Well, and then the robots take over. They Because they blinded the everybody mm -hmm. somehow, right? Mm -hmm. They're like. Exactly right. Humans take away their sight so that. You know, I, keep them safe. I'm good with contact lenses and glasses. Yeah, no <laughs> lasers. All right, wine or dine? Liberal arts colleges. I'm gonna say wine because okay. my son wants to go to a liberal arts college, and he's got his whole future, the next 20 years, completely mapped out, and he's but, very okay, passionate so, about it. Well, so the fact that he cares about something that is, is healthy nice. is really good. You can't teach somebody to care, right? And the fact that he cares certainly not a 16 or 17 year old. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but what about, okay, so beyond your son, what about in general? 
liberal, liberal arts colleges, which I always struggle with. I work at one for the last five years and I mm -hmm. still can't say it out loud. Well, here's the thing. You can learn engineering or accounting or to be a physician, but those liberal arts skills teach you how to relate to people. I think there's real value there. And when I was 20 something, I did not see the value, but now I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I do completely understand that in your early thirties, I'm 29 mm -hmm. still long. I got a lot of experience at 29. I'm getting really good at 29, but I see the real value in soft skills is kind of a buzzword that gets overused, but they're really important. I need to be able to relate to you as a human being. And in this age of technology, that gets harder and harder to do. So I think liberal arts skills are becoming more and more important. And sooner or later, everybody's going to realize how important they are. So let's take it back a step. This is a good follow up to liberal arts colleges. And I'd be interested in your perspective, having worked with a lot of makers. So you're part of the Maker Effect Foundation. We'll get into some more details about that. Uh, Maker for Orlando. We were just talking about Famalab as well. So the makerspace up in uh, the Altamont Springs area. Mm -hmm. uh, so what about college in general? Where do you fall on that? Wine or dine? Wine. Okay. With the caveat that it's definitely not for everybody. Right. I think people put too much emphasis on that piece of paper. And there's a lot of institutions that are helping to move away from that. Um, like MIT's worked on, you know, maker portfolios. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are a maker, you can put together a great portfolio of your projects that helps tell who you are. If a resume or a CV is designed to tell who you are, they don't anymore because people are doing right. so much informal learning. You have to capture that somehow, some way. And I think a portfolio of your projects is a great way to do that. And I know MIT will take that as part of your admission pack. And it's not just an application or a resume. You can submit a portfolio. Yeah. Here's some of the cool things that right. I've done in my life. And I think there's real value there too. And that applies to not only getting into a college, but, but a job somewhere as well. Well, what I like about that too, as far as a college, so I'm in college admissions, is if you don't test well, you know, mm -hmm. we put a lot, obviously, of emphasis on standardized testing. Some people don't test well. Right. So if there was an alternative that I could look at, rather than just saying, okay, we won't take your test scores and we'll consider you in this special fashion. Mm -hmm. um, or you, we could say, hey, show me what you've done or show me what, uh, you know, you're passionate about. That would be great. So that's a really good idea. I like that. I'm going to steal that at some point. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about comic book movies? Well, it depends. Are we talking Justice League or Avengers? Okay, so let's go. Uh, I like how where you're thinking. I like where you're going with this. So let's go comic book movies, subhead Marvel, wine or dine. We'll go with wine. Okay. And then DC. I, 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 I prefer DC over Marvel. Just, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. So how did you feel about Batman v Superman and uh, the darkness of all of it and all that stuff? And did you see Suicide yeah. Squad? I did see Suicide Squad. I loved Suicide Squad. It was actually pretty good. I love Suicide so Squad. They destroyed it critically and it actually turned out it wasn't like the bad. It wasn't necessarily as good, I would say, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. I think that was a little more um, nuanced. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it exactly. It certainly wasn't the worst movie ever like some people made it out to be. It wasn't. And I have to say, I did not see Batman versus Superman because I was like, I, I can't watch another another Superman movie, another Batman movie. They just all seem kind of, they've been done so many times. Yeah. However, the thing that's intriguing about that movie, and the reason I still want to see it, I can't believe I'm saying that because now my husband is going to make me see it. But the dark part of it is what I like. I like yeah. the antiheroes. I like dark and disturbing. I don't know why. It's just me. All right. Well, that's, that's good to know. And um, that I'm trapped down in a basement with you. That's really <laughs> compelling. Um, reviewing resumes. Uh, we're going to go with dine. dine Not yeah. fun. Oh my gosh. It's the worst. I'd rather so, have a conversation with you and talk to you about who you are than read it on a piece of paper. Or just put some personality in it. Mm -hmm. Just do something that's different from everybody else. There's a lot of judgment that happens when you're looking at a piece of paper. Awful. Yeah. And when I'm trying to not judge people based on what I see on a piece of paper or by someone's appearance, you know, to look at a piece of paper and get a real feel for who someone is, it's not easy. So along those same lines, Speaking of, it's not easy. Taking a cruise. How do you feel about that? Wine. Oh, you're a fan. I am a fan, but it depends on the cruise line. I've taken some sure. cruises. I've only taken one cruise that was an absolute nightmare. 
for the most part, cruises are awesome. I love the fact that you have to be completely unplugged. Mm-hmm. No cell service, no internet. You're just there spending time with your family, your loved ones. And I think that's fantastic. We were on one cruise and there was a hurricane out there. And you know what happens? The boat goes somewhere else and our whole vacation, the whole hotel, everything just moved. And it was amazing. We had a fantastic trip. We had amazing weather because the storm was sucking all the bad weather up somewhere else. <laughs> so we went and hid behind Cuba and we had a fantastic cruise. You could just move the whole resort so it didn't ruin your vacation. So basically, if you want to guarantee the weather for a cruise, wait until there's a hurricane. Mid-September, peak hurricane season. Yep. That's one to go. It's cheaper, too. All right. Travel tips with Candy and Nick. <laughs> How about jerky? How do you feel about jerky? Oh, I love jerky. Okay. I love jerky. And when we talk about Maker Fair, one of my favorite people makes homemade beef jerky. And he's got an Arduino-controlled dehydrator that he built over this past year. Nice. He's going to unveil at Maker Fair. Now, part of the reason he built that is because we blew up his last one. But that's uh, a whole other story. Uh, okay. Did you do that on purpose? No, we did not do that on purpose. You just, you were like over, he just had so many jerky orders. We just, lo- yeah, we're going to go with that. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right there. Kind of frightening. Uh, reading on a tablet. Last one for this hour. Wine. Oh, yeah. I read on a tablet a lot. I like it because I don't have to store all the books. I don't will have to say. carry them around. Exactly. But when there's a book that I found particularly thought-provoking, I will go buy a paper copy of it just to keep. So you can mark it up and refer to it easily. Or share it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, so is it a dedicated tablet or is it your uh, iPad that you're also using as a reader? I started with a dedicated tablet and moved to an iPad. Okay. So you got that going. Yeah. Very good. Fairly painless, right? Absolutely. Good so far. That's just the first of 82 segments. I don't know if I told you this. We're doing a 24-hour uh, marathon. I will require chocolate. Okay, no problem. Okay, and that was the end of the song. I was wondering when that was going to end there. Uh, that was Modest Mouse with Alone Down There on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This is to a certain degree. And I struggled with how to call it that. Like, mm-hmm. And this is a show called to a certain degree because everything's to a certain degree. Of course. My name is Nick. I'm here with Candy Cole, uh, the amazing effervescent Candy Cole. Thanks yes. for coming out. I'm not very effervescent first thing in the morning. Well, it's still yeah. early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna slap each other as we start to doze off. So <laughs> if you hear any noises, uh, that's what that is. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the the two main projects you're talking about today, or Maker for Orlando and the Maker Effect Foundation. Now, Maker for Orlando is coming up in October. Yep. Cannot wait. Back at the Central Florida, right? Back at the Central Florida Fairgrounds. Yep. We were at Central Florida Fairgrounds back in 2012 for our very first event. Yep. We were bootstrapping and hoping and praying somebody would show up and it turned out to be a huge success. Um, we partnered with the Orlando science center for the next three years and we had the event at their facility and, you know, fast forward to today for our fifth event, we're too big for their building. Yeah. So they're still a fantastic community partner. They're a fantastic resource in the Uh, community on so many fronts and they're coming to our event at the very best. I'm sure they'll have a booth there. Yeah. 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 So luckily, I think everybody kind of gets that if you've been to the last couple of Maker Fairs, it's really crowded in that building. And that yeah. takes away from the overall guest experience. And we all want everybody to have a great time. So. Well, there's nothing but room and nothing but parking at Central Florida Fairgrounds. So you should have plenty of both. Yes. We are really looking forward to it. The other benefit is we have a lot more room for outdoor things, for bigger things that we didn't yeah. have room for at the Science Center. Oh, yeah. So if somebody's built something super gigantic. Yeah, we've got vehicles. Yeah. We've got a plane. We've got an airboat. We've got all kinds of really amazing stuff. That's uh, great. Um, and so before we get into the Maker Effect Foundation, maybe that's part of the story you would tell anyway. Talk a little bit about how you got there, because your journey to sort of helping people um, which is what you do. You help them tell their story uh, and you help the community by building up this part of the community, which is an important element. If you're to look at, you know, we have a great foundation and a lot of different things here in Orlando, but having that maker community and that sort of culture is incredibly important to take things to, uh, you know, without sounding too um, cliche to the next level. Mm-hmm. So you were, we were in the MBA program together here at Rollins College, which yep. was a great experience. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later. But you weren't necessarily in 
a business consultancy role. You weren't necessarily doing a, a lot of stuff on that side. No, not not formally. No, I really wasn't. You had a full-time job in another industry altogether. Yep. I started out in my whole professional life and education has all been centered around finance and accounting. It's always been very specialized and very focused in that area. I'm a numbers person. I love numbers. I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, I saw the need to get a generalist degree. And that's why I wanted an MBA in particular. Mm -hmm. Without a concentration, I just needed to to learn a little bit more about marketing and business strategy and other things outside of just the numbers. And that's one of the things that I loved so much about the program here is it helped me it opened up a whole new world. Again, not to sound cliche, but it really opened up my mind to a lot of things. The other thing that it helped me to do was to figure out my passions and turn those into something more productive. Mm-hmm. Because I finished the program here at Crummer with the overwhelming desire to that I could do something more. Like yeah. I really felt like while I had a great job with a great company, making good money, I loved the people that I worked with. I loved what I did, but I did not feel like I was making a difference in the world. I did not realize until that point in time that I needed to feed that Mm -hmm. to feel like a whole person, to feel better about myself. I needed to feel like I was making a difference in the world. And when your kid comes home one day, it was back in 2011, he came home and he said, one of the things that he got when he went to his first maker fair at Bay area, which is the granddaddy of them all. He said, you know, he learned that ordinary people could make amazing things, which is a huge, huge takeaway. When you have an 11 year old, all mm-hmm. of a sudden he realizes, hey, I can do that. I can yeah. build a cupcake car. I can do anything, literally anything you can think of. And right. when that, when you see that light bulb go off in their eyes, you're like, okay, I want to feed that. I want to figure out how to keep that light burning. And not only for him, but for other people too. Exactly. Yeah. And so that became my husband's mission. It's like, all right, we're going to figure this out. We're going to connect with, we're going to find some makers in Orlando because at that point we'd never heard of Famalab and we didn't know any, anyone else in the maker community here at that time. So he sought them out. They were in a little 400 square foot storage unit at the time. Mm -hmm. And those guys really brought it together for that first event and helped open up everybody's eyes to this community that was there just dying to come out. And they did a really good job pulling it together and it gets bigger and bigger, but it's still a community. There's still a lot of collaboration that happens between different um, inventors or different. Uh, um, well, different fields of study. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you could have somebody who is a woodworker working with somebody who's doing code and they end up inventing this musical instrument or something along those lines. Yeah. Something yeah. that's crazy. Or yeah. if you want, uh, you know, a bench that sends out a, that takes a, a photograph and sends out a Snapchat or a tweet every time someone sits on it. That'd right. be a little creepy, but it sounds like know. a it sounds like a, a potential market for the Japanese uh, <laughs> consumer, but uh, maybe not here necessarily. But yeah, well, and a lot of the point isn't necessarily a product for a consumer; it's to give people a creative outlet. Right, it's, right, which is the bigger part of it, and maybe there is a, a consumer part of it uh, mm-hmm. down the road, but you don't start out looking for that necessarily. Right, most people don't start out looking for that. Most yeah. people are just normal people like me and you who go to their nine to five job and then they come home and what do you do for fun? What do you do to blow off steam? Even if you have a job or you're an engineer and you get to design cool stuff, you're not necessarily designing what you want. You're doing what someone else told you to do. So, you know what, maybe you want to build an R2D2 on the weekends, go for it. Maybe you want to sew and make a quilt. Maybe you want to make a quilt that lights up. As we all do sometimes. There's, you know what? I'm actually thinking about that. I kind of want one now. Where can I get one? I, you can, I can, I can help. Find people that can teach you how to make one. <laughs> I don't know how to make one, but I know people so, who do. So this is a good segue. So the Maker Effect Foundation, which, so you said, okay, I want to help people. I'm kind of done with the numbers crunching. This is satisfying. Everything's great about it. I love getting a paycheck and having insurance, I'm sure. You made a leap, though. Mm-hmm. You said, okay, let's do something different. And you made that leap. And part of it is part of your role is to help these people who are doing this as a creative outlet, Mm -hmm. um, who maybe want to put this together as a business, uh, help them figure out how to do that. During my MBA and even before that, between 2011 and 2014, I kept getting a lot of the same questions from people in the maker community about, you know, it was basic business advice or financial advice or 
how to run a Kickstarter campaign, we saw an unmet need mm-hmm. among our friends, among makers. We knew so many brilliant people who were unemployed or underemployed and they just needed a little bit of a push in the right direction, a little yeah. bit of guidance, a little bit of help. I don't to get know. it going. Yeah, they yeah. really they really did. Yeah. Um, the problem is a lot of these people are very product minded. Mm-hmm. They're very focused on their project or what they're working on as opposed to their customer or the way they're perceived by the world. Right. You know, they don't necessarily. So the storytelling aspect of it. They don't care how they're perceived by the world. That's not what they're doing this. Right, they're right, doing right. this because they wanted to build a robot. They're not necessarily doing it because they care what their neighbors think. But you know what? There's a kid who lives in that house across the street who would love to see that robot. Maybe he wants to learn how to re- how to make his own robot. And right. he's doesn't have the resources at home or the knowledge at home to do that. So, you know what? So Let's- putting it together, packaging it. I think the other part of it is uh, you hear about a lot of Kickstarters um, or crowdfunded, you know, mm-hmm. not sure. There's a ton of different options out there. Indiegogo, Kickstarter, all of that. But uh, they do it. Maybe they're successfully funded. What next? Well, and I think a lot of people jump to Kickstarter or Indiegogo or, or your crowdfunding campaign without a good plan. You're not going to start a business without a business plan of some kind. The same thing really applies to a Kickstarter campaign, because how do you know how much funding you need? Right. How do you know how much your parts are going to cost? So you're promising, okay, everybody who pledges X number of dollars, yeah, $20 gets a widget. Okay, well, how much did it cost you to make that widget? You know what? I'm really not sure. I asked multiple people that same question. Okay, how did you get these? How did you come to these numbers? That seems like it's about right for the market. It felt good. But how much did it cost you to make it? You know what? I'm really not sure. Okay, so we're going to figure that out. That's so, a problem, yeah. So I went to someone's facility and I shadowed them and I timed how long it took because then they, they sent me a bill of sale. I'm like, well, what about your time and your labor? You're paying employees to put these things together, right? Yeah. None of those things were factored in there. So, And that's just one example. They're just focused on their product. They're not focused on the business part of it. Getting people to shift over to that direction has been, I find it a lot of fun because it helps me use, stay in touch with the number side also. Mm-hmm. But I get to do some more of the fun, the marketing and the strategy and help the them, general business help stuff Help them well. tell their story, which I think is is always interesting. I went to um, uh, basically the big Kickstarter festival uh, up in Jacksonville that they do. I can't remember the name of it off the spark top of my head. Spark or something spark, like that. One spark, one spark, yeah. Spark. And I was walking through going to the number of different booths and there was one that was a water purification Mm -hmm. uh, for your pool and or your home. So either way. So the one for the pool was great because you didn't have to put chlorine in your pool. It just ran through this filtering system. Proprietary. They invented it. It was easy to clean. It was easy to maintain. Or you could do it for your house just as the water comes in. And at the back, there's this poster board that was talking about the missions that they do overseas. So for every one that you buy, mm-hmm. they install one overseas somewhere. So a village that needs clean water, um, somewhere deserving. Oh, I uh, love an orphanage. that. It was in the back. It wasn't part of their story at all. Oh, wow. So they missed, they completely missed this opportunity. Now, not everybody's going to buy it because, you know, they want to do good in the world. Not everybody's right. looking for that Tom Shoes social entrepreneurship sort of opportunity. Um, they want a good product. So that's obviously something you have to do, too. You can't just be the the social part of things. But if you lead with that, if you lead with the good that you're doing in the in the world, mm-hmm. you're much more likely to take that story and take it out there and get it well known. So the yeah. media is more likely to pick up on it. People are more likely to talk about it on social media. They're more likely to feel good about their purchase, which means that even if you're more expensive, I, I might go with you because I'm going to feel better about what I'm doing. I agree completely. It. And Personally, I tend to make decisions about my purchases. That That's definitely a factor. I mean, I look at someone's, what are they doing in their communities? What is their social outreach like? Companies who do more of that are more likely to get my business than companies who don't. And if you're looking at, you know, a small guy, you know, just starting a business out of his garage. Okay, yes, to a certain degree, they're trying to make some money and get their basic needs of life met. But are they also trying to give back to their community? Or are they just trying to buy a Mercedes? Right. Because the person who's trying to give back to their community is going to get my business every time. Yep. Well, that's good. Well, let's end it on that. And uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about makers working with them. 
and some other things associated with that. But let's hear from Van Morrison first. Awesome. With warm love on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Time is flying by here on to a certain degree. Uh, my name is Nick. We do this from 7 to 9 every Monday. And I always have a different special guest. And my special guest this week is Candy Cole. Good morning, Candy. Good morning. Thanks again for waking up um, and coming out here. Only for you. Okay. Well, thanks again for waking up at all. That, that would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we've been talking about Maker Faire. We've been talking about the Maker Faire Foundation. Um, I was just curious about, uh, so I think about the Maker uh, movement. Mm-hmm. basically started you could you could basically say that it started any number of times over the course of the last three four five decades right um, but it's really become sort of uh, a little bit different in the last few years the last decade or so um, we talk about manufacturing in the U.S. a lot obviously during an election season and I want to talk politics mm-hmm. uh, it comes up quite a bit uh, but where do you stand on makers and manufacturers and sort of the idea of what are the biggest advantages uh, to doing this with sort of grassroots effort um, of taking something and taking these products and helping people. Because you don't see that. Typically in the corporate environment, you see everybody very siloed. Mm-hmm. This this group is not going to work with this group on something because they want to invent it and they want to profit and they want to do all their thing. And they want to protect their intellectual property. Yeah. So. Whereas the makers, the, here's the code. Here's what I did. Here's the plans. They're very open source because, you know what, I made this really cool, awesome thing, but you know what? You might be able to make it a little bit better. It's the power of collaboration and diversity of thought. You can't teach that. You just have to share your stuff with the world and kind of see what happens. And it really comes back to you. People kind of get protective of their information, which is a big difference between makers and like inventors. Inventors and manufacturers are usually very concerned about their patents and protecting their information. However, there are... I mean, we all know about like 3M used to give people a certain amount of time every day to work on whatever they wanted to, right? Yeah, Google, the 20% or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Well, now there are a lot of companies, Google being one of them, who have makerspaces in their offices. Because some of these big manufacturers realize that, hey, you know what? We can benefit from the creative, the creativity of our employees, of our people. So if you give people an outlet there, you're definitely going to benefit from it. Making is something people do for fun. Manufacturing implies you have scale, you have a process. Right. Making is all about, you know, the old R&D side of it. You have to give people room to play. In my opinion, and I I may be incorrect, but over the past 20 years, we kind of got away from the old R&D departments, you know, oh, sure. and took away people's research and development time and wanted everything to be very structured. And I think we're kind of going back to, and we're calling it the maker movement instead. I think it's a different label on something that's been around. That's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah. There's going to be people out there who disagree with that statement. But I think it's been around a long time. I think we didn't see the value in it for a while, so we went away from it. When I think that, so if you look at hardcore R&D, uh, the idea was that you're doing this because you're trying to come up with the next product, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a drug company or a manufacturer, or even the, the skunk works out uh, west somewhere trying to invent the next uh, spy mm-hmm. gadget. But what I think people overlook is that idea of the creative outlet that maybe I think better about something I'm already doing if I have an opportunity to think creatively about something else for a few minutes or for a few days or for a few hours, whatever that is. Exactly. And, you know, and when you're looking for the next product or you have structured time in your R&D department, it's very there's a lot of pressure there to come up with a thing, which takes away the whole point of just playing in your garage, playing with whatever tools you have and just doing something for fun because usually you come up with the best ideas at the most odd times, right? Maybe you come up with the best ideas in the shower. I always think of something. I'm like, oh, hey, just a weird oddball time. Yep, I've ruined so many phones that way because I'm like, oh, I got to write this down. (laughs) And then I realize I'm still in the shower. Yeah, you need to turn the water off. I forget that part, Mm. yeah. It's a big step. It is. It's, I feel it's, like there's a big opportunity there for uh, for some sort of product in the shower to help you record your best ideas. There is. There's a market for that. Yeah. I'm sure uh, there is. I'm sure there is. But, you know, it, people need to have fun. Whether you're an accountant or an engineer, people need something. Whether you bake, whether you go watch your kids play sports, people always have to have something that they do for themselves. There's a whole lot of people who just want to hang out in their garage and make something. And companies and businesses are realizing 
hey, you know what? There's a lot of really cool stuff this guy's doing on the side that can help us out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband is one of those people. He does so much learning on his own that he's been able to carry through and benefit his employer. Had he not been so active in the maker movement, he wouldn't have done that. But he, a whole lot of benefits from his work have stemmed from his hobbies. So. I've brought it in. And that's, I, I think, part of that, too, is the employer seeing the value in people and not just productivity. Exactly. So, okay, we need you to work X number of hours a week and we need you to do this. You're moving this from this bucket to this bucket. And so, yeah, that's great. If somebody's doing that and that's their job, that's fantastic. But if they're not thinking about how to make things better, how to make processes, systems better, Mm -hmm. uh, then, yeah, they're just putting, they're doing point A to point B. Great. Yep. Insert tab A and slot B. There's nothing interesting about that. I mean. That's not really going to benefit anybody. It may help your balance sheet, your income statement, but it's not going to help your people. Right. And so, again, we'll see a lot of the makers locally. Uh, So do you have, for Makers Fair, is a lot of the makers that come out just local or are they statewide? Is it national? For Maker Fair Orlando, we have people coming from everywhere, really. We have, and part of the reason for that is because we support other Maker Fairs. Mm -hmm. Um, We have people coming up from South Florida. We have a lot of really great makerspace exhibits coming up from South Florida and from the Tampa area. There's some folks coming out from the Jacksonville area. Of course, all over Central Florida, Volusia County. In years past, we've had people come down from New York, from Pennsylvania. We have a lot to offer in Central Florida and people want to come here for a vacation and Maker Fair gives them another excuse to come do that. The other interesting thing that we're seeing is we're by far the largest maker event DIY event in the state of Florida Mm -hmm. we have we've been able to capitalize on a great community here and people want to see it you know maker media and the Bay Area Maker Fair are very plugged into what's going on in the maker community overall but especially in California and in Northern California they don't necessarily keep track of what's going on with each local community sure and we're so far removed from that and we do a lot of work with them we've got a great relationship with them but they don't really have a pulse in our community here. The only people that can do that is us. Mm-hmm. So it's up to it's up to you, basically, because I'm not taking responsibility. For that. <laughs> but you are part of it because you come to our events every year. Yeah, I do. And this year is going to be uh, October 22nd, 23rd. October 22nd, 23rd. We're back at the fairgrounds, so fairgrounds. it should be lots of fun. Yeah, it and fun. it's it, should, it might be big enough that you might need to go both days. We're definitely going both days. Yeah. You do. You need to come both days. Yeah. Because there's different stuff going on. There's uh, just to be able to go through it. I I think one of the things about it is you're not going from booth to booth, just taking a quick look. Am I interested in that? Is that something I'm going to buy going on to the next booth? It's going there and interacting with people because you may not even realize how easy it is to do something or how you might want to do this with one of your kids necessarily so they can learn coding or something along those lines. So imagine going to an art museum, but the artist who painted the picture or carved the sculpture is standing next to the piece of work. Right. And you can ask them questions. You can talk to them about what they were thinking when they made this, what they were feeling, what their inspiration was. And you can't replicate that. This is not a place where people have things behind glass and velvet ropes. This is a place for you to get your hands dirty, to play, to interact with things. Touch it, maybe even break it, see them fix it. (laughs) Exactly. Everything that's broken can be fixed most of the time. Not always, but there's so much really cool stuff. There's something for everybody, whether you're into, you know, urban farming or sewing or robotics or coding. Things like learning how to solder or learning how to code, I used to find very intimidating. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It just was so far outside my comfort zone. I just had no interest, but it gives people a very friendly, unintimidating environment to come try something new where it doesn't really cost you much. You know, Coder Dojo is going to be there. They're a fantastic organization. If you want to learn a little bit about how to code, you can learn a little bit about how to code that day and go home with some information that will help you practice at home. You can learn how to solder and which is kind of like, you know, the gateway drug for, for making once you learn, Oh my goodness. Once I melt this little piece of metal here and my light lights up, it's just, it's a really cool thing. All right, so gateway drug for for makers. Um, Yes, seriously. I'm going to leave it at that. And we're going to play another song. Uh, This is Kale Baxley, uh, Say Goodnight. Say goodbye to the night. So it's morning. I think it might be dawn out there. We're in a basement, so it's hard Mm -hmm. to say. 
Say goodbye to the night on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. The Avet Brothers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Kick Drum Heart from their album I and Love and You. Before the break, we heard from the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club with the Toll. And starting off that set before the break was Kale Baxley with Say Goodbye to the Night. Good morning. It's 8 a.m. It's bright and early on a Monday morning. So you must be listening to a certain degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My name is Nick. Uh, we do this from 7 to 9 every Monday with a special guest, a special cast of rotating guests. This week's guest, Candy Cole. Hey, Candy. Good morning. Thanks for coming out. It is wonderful to be here. So we're going to learn a little bit more about you uh, by playing more wine or, or dine. Not wine and dine. Can't do both. One or the other. Okay. So if you're just tuning in, it's called wine or dine this week because if uh, you agree with something, you're going to say wine because wine is made with grapes, which are nature's most perfect food. Of course. And then they've turned into wine, which is nature's most perfect drink. Of course. And dine, who wants to do that when they can have some wine? Why would you eat? Right. I don't understand that. So getting right into it. Ready? Of course. Stretch a little bit and crack your knuckles. Got it. Okay. 80s nostalgia. Oh, wine. <laughs> Without a doubt, I'm a total 80s girl. Into the 80s. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about your favorite band uh, later on. Yes. Uh, but first of all, we'll go through the rest of this. Theme parks. Wine. Wine. Um, I'm a theme park junkie. Big fan. Yep. So are you more on the thrill side, like the uh, the uh, roller coasters, or is it more of the storytelling aspect and the characters? What oh, I'm all about the thrill side. Yeah, okay. I'm one of those that'll chase the roller coasters and then ride it again and again. And so do you travel a lot for that, or is it just here in town? I'm going to go to the roller coasters. I found, I used to travel more yeah. for those things, and then I figured out, you know, we've got some great theme parks here. We've got some great roller coasters here, and I find that a lot of times when I travel, I'm disappointed. Now, I do have a bucket list of roller coasters that I would like to ride. Oh, so the big ones that haven't... Uh, I've never been to Cedar Point in yeah. Ohio. You know, yeah. that's on my list. I really want to go there. There's really nothing else up there, in, you know, in Sandusky, Ohio area. No, no, I've been there, actually, and I did the biggest uh, wooden one. Oh, nice. And it's a... Cluck, 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 cluck. It's a completely different feel. Yeah, it is coaster. very frightening, uh, but well worth it. Well, I mean, that's a it's a roller coaster, so it should be frightening. Uh, speaking of frightening, professional wrestling. Dying. Don't, no, you don't care for that. It's all, you know, it's all fake. And everyone says it's all Wait. fake, but I don't really know. What? I, I, I don't know. Ever since I was a kid, I used to watch wrestling because I, I had a friend who watched it. and I wanted to be cool like her, so I watched it too. And then... When I heard that it was all rehearsed and that it was, it just kind of blew it for me. And I just don't see the value in it anymore. Okay. I could see that. Uh, okay. So this is something interesting because you're coming in, uh, you're, you're got that maker background. So work with Maker Fair, Maker Effect Foundation, DIY soda. So those little things you can buy at like Bed Bath & Beyond and you put the syrup in and it carbonates it for you. I've never tried it, but I'm going to say wine because if I had one of those, and the reason I don't have one of those is because I would make lots and lots of soda and drink way too much of that stuff. <laughs> because I am a total Diet Coke junkie. I drink way too much soda. Okay, so, but making it on your own, you'd be like, yeah, this is great. Seriously. But you know what? You could also carbonate your own water and flavor your own water different ways. You could do a lot of cool things with it, because I know some people who do, but I would probably not make the healthy choice and I would do something bad. I don't know that there's much of a healthy choice when you have a DIY soda maker. No. Yeah. So how about talking, speaking of healthy choices, talking politics with family? Uh, we're going to go with dine. Yeah? No? Not so much fun? I am, I have a very passionate family. Mm -hmm. They're just as passionate as I am. And sometimes it's hard to agree to disagree with your family. What? I can agree to disagree with a lot of people. Yep. But sometimes I just, nope, we're not yeah, going to continue this conversation because we're not going to, you're not going to convert me. So. Right. And I'm not going to convert you. So let's just stop. Yeah. So the fight or flight thing, I think when it comes to family, I just moved. So my yeah. family's in Daytona. I'm like, I, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Luckily, there's no real drama like that in my family. But politically, we don't all have the same views, which is interesting because we all kind of grew up in the same the environment. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting how we all feel differently. And so at some point I'm going to look at my sister and my mom. Hey, you know what? Let's go have a glass of wine. 
<laughs> and let's just go have a glass of wine and let's not talk about this anymore. How about coffee? Nope. No. Dying. Nope. Not even a little bit. Can't stand the stuff. Really? Yeah. So the caffeine fix is from the Diet Coke. It's from totally from the soda. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, speaking of things you can drink, shampoo and conditioner in one. Oh, dying. No, not so much. Got to have it separate. I got to have it separate. Yep. Okay. How about uh, flip flops? Wine. All the way. I love flip flops. Yeah. If I could wear them all the time, I would. I wear them way more often than I should. Yeah. So again, growing up in Daytona, I wore flip flops. I, I feel like I could run a race in flip flops. Probably, even though they're yeah. not the best for your feet. Oh, no. They're not the best for your feet. Mm -mm. But I'm good with them. Yeah. Uh, colonizing Mars. I'm going to say wine just because that sounds awesome. You want to go? No, I don't want to go. I just want to hear about other people's stories who went. I'm a big chicken. I, when it comes to that, I don't know. Space flight in general or colonizing places? Or the combination of? Colonizing Mars and saying goodbye to everyone that I know and love here mm -hmm. would be scary. But if it was to go for a couple of years and come back, okay. But okay. there's a huge chance that you may not ever make it back. So at some point. Or make it there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to balance the risk. Am I, you know, in some ways I'm a, I'm a risk taker, but in that respect, I don't know. Not so much. Now the moon, I'm, I'm there tomorrow. You're uh, you're there tomorrow? I would love to be there. I know it How takes a few days, that? but yeah. I'm, I'm magic. <laughs> all right, last one. Uh, the little cookies, they're uh, all over the place. Now, macarons, not the macaroons, which are a different type of cookie altogether, but the ones that are very colorful and they've got the jelly in the middle and there's all sorts of uh, flavors. It's like styrofoam. No, dine. Oh, don't you don't like, like them? Mm -mm. Mm. Not a fan. All right. Not a fan. I hear that because I really like them, and I was hoping really? you would get me some after hearing that I like them. Uh, well, maybe I will get you some because I won't be eating any. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so going back to 80s nostalgia, did you watch Stranger Things yet? Yes, I did. Okay, no spoilers because oh. people may not have seen it yet. I've seen it. Um, but what I found interesting about a lot of the stuff that's being uh, talked about with it is they're, 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 it's, it's definitely set in the 80s. It's got some music from the 80s. I didn't really find it an 80s television show because that would have never worked in the 80s. No, to me. it was Television have. in the 80s is not great. No, I mean, it it's very wasn't. influential and it's very all of these things, but it was also um, incredibly bland. And uh, obviously looking back at it now is probably slightly sexist and all those other things that you would find on television back in the day. Yeah, but it was, they did a pretty good job of showing what day-to-day -day life would have been like during right. the day with the, you know, run outside and play, come home when the streetlights come on kind of thing. Right, no cell that phones. Well. And so I, I think it was a great story. And it reminded me a lot more of Lost than it did any 80s television shows. And there were some 80s movies that mm -hmm. it reminded me of. But uh, it was great storytelling. It had to be set in the 80s because really you can't tell that story with cell phones and all no. of those other things. It would, it would make it completely different. Um, you know, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, and the seventies wouldn't have worked because you wouldn't have had some of the technology that they had, you would have needed in the eighties, but yeah, you put it a little bit later and it, it, I don't think it would have worked as well. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. That was a, that was, that was a total binge over a weekend. Oh yeah. No, that was a, that was a good one. And I don't think they realized how big it was going to be or how much the Barbara character. Yeah. I don't think they realized it either. Was as popular as she was. And so, again, no spoilers, but justice for Barb. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's play another song. Uh, we're going to do the uh, I think this was a, a fairly um, popular band back in the day. Um, I think it's pronounced Beatles. The Beatles. I, I think I've heard of them. Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. Beatles. Happiness is a warm gun on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. The Beatles with happiness is a warm gun on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was from the White Album. If you don't own the White Album, you should own the White Album, I think is the, the message that I would have for people who don't own the White Album because it's fantastic. Yeah, I like that more than the poppy Beatles sound, so. Yeah, it's the, where they really started to get a little bit weird and out there. Good morning, by the way. My name is Nick. This is To A Certain Degree. My special guest this week is Candy Cole. And we're going to get into bad business ideas in a second, but I wanted to touch on something that I think is near and dear to your heart. And that's the idea that there's STEM, mm -hmm. but there's also STEAM. Yes. So STEM is uh, the study of science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Mm -hmm. um, and with uh, a nine-year-old daughter, it's something that I'd like for her to get more into. 
But the idea of STEAM is to add the A in there for uh, arts. For arts, yeah, mm -hmm. because that's still important. You can't just train somebody to be an engineer when you don't have the context of other things, right? Like you don't have uh, that creativity part. I mm -hmm. think is missing when you don't uh, add the arts to it. So um, what I did was uh, so for bad business ideas, and we'll get into that in a second. I tend to, I'm going to pitch you two bad business ideas. Okay. You're going to choose the one you like the best. We're going to talk a little bit about them. You might have some, uh, some advice for me on one of them. Uh, by coming on the show, you're actually obligated to uh, fund one of the ideas uh -huh. and you're going to be CEO oh, of okay. the, the company that, uh, that uh, you know, we find after this or we found after nice. this. So I don't know if you realize that, but that's what you're in for. But as far as steam goes, I just thought, you know, I was thinking about that when I was working on the bad business ideas and I was like, hey, what are some good taglines? So I came up with some some taglines here. You can't spell you can't spell steam without me. <laughs> so I like that one because it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. And you need people so that uh, I think extreme steam is a good one. I like extreme steam. Yeah, because you want to take awesome. it to the extreme. And then be a steam engine. So that's for people who support steam. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I thought a catchy jingle would be good. So something along the lines of steam. Yeah. <laughs> so something like that. Uh, and then I also wrote a limerick. So there's a version that I can't do on the air. So I'll show you that later. Oh, fun. There once was a woman with a dream that students would study more steam. She added more letters to make it more better. Now it's just called sour cream. So I figured you could add some more letters to it. Like O is for oration and the R is for arithmetic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Arithmetic. Okay. So right arithmetic. Yeah, there we go. Let's, let's get rid get, of the T altogether because there's no T in sour cream. Yeah. Just get rid of all the technology. Just none. Yeah, no technology. None. There's no future in it. Yeah. All right. On to bad business ideas. So that kind of sets the tone for where I'm going uh, with the bad business ideas. Candy. Yes. Can I call you Candy? No. Okay. Uh, Miss Cole. Mrs. Cole. <laughs> have you ever noticed that some organizations occasionally have issues with moving on from low-performing individuals? Yes. Yeah. In some cases, even identifying who the low-performing individuals are. Yes. And sometimes it's, you know who they are and you're going to ignore them. Right. So I had a uh, name for the this type of organization. I call them 2010 Fives. Hmm. They have 20 people doing the job of 10, and they're still five people short. Oh, yeah. Yep. So maybe we can fix that with a new company. I'm calling it a consultancy. IMT stands for the Island of Misfit Toys, uh, which you're going to be CEO of. Uh, we can come in and help your organization with that, with finding your low-performing people and transitioning them out because maybe you don't want to fire them. Maybe you don't want to be the company that fires people, lets people go, makes people all nervous. Instead of looking at annual performance evaluations or results and who knows what that stuff even means. Like yeah. I just write a bunch of words together when I have to do that for my employees. Uh, we ask employees at a happy hour, which coworkers are the worst? Cause when are people the most honest? After a drink or two. Yeah. 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 What, who slows the process down? What, what, who are the people who just don't make your day? Mm -hmm. Let's find that and we'll do some sort of algorithm and proprietary data analytics and that sort of thing. And we'll find those people. And guess what we do with the people who score poorly? I have no idea. Right. We trick them into thinking they're key leaders in a new department. We just create a new department within the organization, actually outside of the building altogether. And we just stick them over there. Okay, that's brilliant. Yeah, we would call it uh, strategic pivoting or synergistic wave, something like that. Something whatever that's got a lot of buzzwords is. in it. This yep. sounds great. Yep, I love it. They would be isolated from everybody else. They don't have the opportunity to influence anything or ruin anything else uh, or any major policies or projects. And eventually that department will be spun off as a new business. I think that's brilliant. And you take it, it's an LLC and go, and then you don't care what happens to it. I love it. Okay. How is that a bad business idea? All right. Well, hey, I'm digging it right now. <laughs> okay, because you're gonna you're gonna have to uh, uh, invest in this. Okay. So, second idea. You ready? Yes. It, unless you just want to go ahead and do both. So I'm just gonna throw uh, that out okay. there. You might be the first. 
because you work with people all the time. You have uh, essentially a consultancy mm-hmm. um, and you work with makers on taking their products and taking them out there. So great job. And uh, so, okay, second idea. What was the big news from Apple last week? Oh, the iPhone 7. And what no about headphone, it no headphone is jack. driving people crazy? Yeah. So I still have a flip phone, so which is great because no one can send me anything, any of that stuff. So I think this will be a good idea, a good bad idea. So what if we create a case that is essentially a flip phone for the iPhone 7? So in that extra piece that you flip down, which, by the way, will make it fairly huge. But yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, there is a headphone jack hmm. in that piece, but not just a headphone jack. Ready? Yeah. What if we add more stuff? What if, what if uh, we add, let's see, uh, like a medical tricorder type of thing from Star Trek? So Ooh. you could scan people right there. Maybe you're going on a Tinder date and you want to just, oh, oh, halitosis. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> go. Uh, what about, I mean, you know, rapid prototyping. What if the flip part of the new iPhone 7 flip phone has a 3D printer in it? Uh-huh. I'm not even sure if that's possible, but let's go ahead and it say it is. It would be a teeny tiny little 3D printer. Yeah, let's not bring me down okay. with facts okay. and things like that. I'm pitching here. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah, this is the, this is the, you're the shark. I get it, but come on, let's mm. do a little tank. Can you give me a replicator? Like, okay. a rep, like for, if well, you're talking Star that. Trek, let's give me a replicator. Yeah, 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 we can absolutely do that. So flip phone, iPhone with all sorts of gizmos and gadgets in the flip part. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could call it Jack of all trades because it's the Jack. It's got a headphone jack in there. The one-eyed Jack, or you don't know Jack. So I came up with some names from that. Jack of all trades, one-eyed Jack, you don't know Jack. Mm. Out of those two ideas, flip phone or the Island of Misfit Toys business consultancy, which would you like to do? Or do you have any questions on either one of them? Do you have any advice? Do I get the food replicator with the flip phone? Yeah, of course, because I think that technology is literally around the corner. Or I can get rid of all the people that I don't like. Or help people get rid of the people they or don't like. Or help people get rid of the- I'm not sure how we get oh, paid man. in that, but I'm sure we just, would. I have no idea how we would get paid in that, but it sounds, that sounds like wicked fun. I, I, I want to go, I want to go, I'm going to, I like the IMT. Okay. Yeah. Island of Misfit Toys. Like it is. Toys. We're going to do that. And uh, so if anybody's listening and they decide that they'd like to do that idea, I just want you to know that by listening, you've signed an NDA. <laughs> uh, it sounds uh, like it's not possible or legal, but it actually is. I looked it up on WebMD, which I realize is not a legal site, but still mm-hmm. I do a lot of diagnosis there. If it's on the Internet, it must be true. Legal stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you're in for the Island of Misfit Toys. So let's listen to another song. This is the Wild Feathers with Backwood Company on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Phantom Planet with Raise the Dead on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Before that, we heard the Wild Feathers with Backwood Company. This is to a certain degree, and we're just about done. Kind of sad. That makes me sad, too. Yeah. My name is Nick. I'm here with Candy Cole of uh, Maker for Orlando and the Maker Effect Foundation. Thanks for coming out again. You're very welcome. You get your whole day ahead. You've done more this morning than most people will do in terms of uh, the amount of radio that you've been on mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Loving it. Yeah. So you could just go home and retire. I could. I think I might take the rest of the day off. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Having your own company is fun. You can say that. Yes, exactly. And then you can't do it because you're you're hustling. Yeah, you can't do it because you never <laughs> never turns off. But you know, right? All right. So I want to talk about something very important, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm Canadian, <laughs> and one of your favorite bands is Canadian. So I like to talk to my guests about music and musical influences, um, and a little bit more about that. But Rush, absolutely. One of the, I, I mean, very influential rock band. If you look at uh, Foo Fighters and a lot of the bands that came out, they're going to they're gonna list Rush and Queen and those sorts of bands as their influences. So how did you get into Rush initially? Um, initially in high school, it was kind of dumb luck. Um, I just, Tom Sawyer, you know, I loved that song. And Big so, yep. Yep, so I bought, you know, Chronicles, which was their two disc, like greatest hits set. And then I met Ian, who we were in high school together. Um, he's now my husband. 
He is a fanatical Rush fan. Mm -hmm. I did not realize this at the time, but, you know, he kind of fed the beast and I've hooked. Yep. Ever since. Yep, pretty much. Do you have a favorite album or song? I have lots of favorite songs. Um, I would say there's a couple albums that I could listen to from start to finish. A lot of, sometimes you listen to an album and you skip a song or two. Yeah. You know? But um, probably Moving Pictures yep. and Permanent Waves I could listen to from beginning to end every well, time. And Just, what's interesting about music now, so it's an interesting balance. So I love music now because there's so much more and the artist mm -hmm. can make it directly available to me. Right. So I don't have to go through a record company. I don't have to wait for the next album to drop. I don't have to do any of those things. But I don't get, you mentioned listening to the album from start to finish, maybe skipping a song, the storytelling aspect of an album anymore. Right. So for some of the bands in the 80s, and I could think of, you know, Rush or, uh, you know, U2 Joshua Tree to me is the, just the pinnacle of that storytelling element. Yeah, I'm sure right. there's, there's albums better than that. And it's completely subjective and I get that, but it was really well done in terms of uh, that aspect of it. You don't see that that much anymore. You really don't. Um, but even with Rush's newer stuff, they've still stuck with the storytelling right. part of an album. When you look at, you know, Clockwork Angels and some of those. Yeah, they just had their 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So they've been they around did. for that long. Uh, so time. you won't see a big tour anymore because I think the, the guys, Getty Lee and uh, uh, Neil and Alex, they're, uh, they're a little bit done with the big tours. I think they're a little bit done, but that still makes me sad because I love them. Yeah, they'll be around. I'm sure they'll record some new stuff. So what about listening to music um, in different areas? So, you know, I talk to my guests often about listening to music while you're working or mm -hmm. while we were in school together, going to Crummer, the graduate school of business here at Rollins college and getting our MBAs. Uh, did you listen to music while you were working on some of your homework assignments? Um, without a doubt. And I would say before every presentation or before any high pressure situation, I always listen to the same two or three songs by really? rush that helped get me going. Um, my favorite rush song ever is called prime mover. It's on the hold your fire album. And for the longest time, I looked for a song called Anything Can Happen. But that's not the name of the song. I could never find it. It took me, I'm embarrassed to say that it took me a long time to figure out that the name of the song is called Prime Mover. doesn't say that anywhere in the song. But <laughs> I... False advertising rush. I, seriously, right? Um, I listened to that. I listened to Marathon, which is, I think, on Moving Pictures. not on the same album. But the same group of songs that just helped me get going and help me feel good about my day and that what I'm, what I'm about to do. And when I'm studying or when I need to focus on work, mm -hmm. background music has to be something that I know really, really well. Otherwise I find it distracting. Right. Cause you're listening to something new potentially, but I find silence even more distracting Yep, probably because I have kids and I have dogs and if it's quiet, then someone is doing something they're not supposed to do. So, you don't want to hear that. You want to turn need, on the music and then they can do whatever they want. Exactly. And I'm sure they want the same thing. Exactly. So <laughs> I like to shuffle rush, but I tend to, it's either got to be the live stuff or the studio recordings. I don't like to mix live music shuffling with studio recordings. I prefer one or the other. Right. You're crossing the streams at that it point. It doesn't work for yeah, me. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's good. What about uh, in the car? You obviously drive a lot. Um, so yeah. what are you listening to in there? Is that new music? Is that podcast? So a lot of people are now doing that in the car. No, I listen to music. I'm a big fan of satellite radio because I can get pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I switch between everything. I can tell when my kid has been in my car because he always leaves it on the symphony station. Oh, yeah. No, there's kids these days and they're kids these days and they're crazy music. Right. So my station. kid always listens to the symphony station or like death metal. One of the two. I like I like country Very music. Similar. I like jazz. I like I like pretty much everything. So you never know what you're going to find it on when it's in my car. I like to listen to something new that I don't know. Yeah. In the car, in the car because it keeps you a little more engaged and awake. It does. But I can't listen to something new while I'm trying to get work done. Yep. Very good. All right, so let's listen to some Rush right now. 
uh, one of my favorite songs, Working Man. Great song. Uh, and we're going to hear Queen as well, uh, not only because they were influential and big around the same time, but I missed this last week. I'm a big Queen fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and last Monday was actually Fred, would have been Freddie Mercury's 70th birthday. Yeah. So we're going to hear Somebody to Love uh, right after Working Man on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Every Monday, and it's almost over. I'm so We're sad. Done. Candy mm -hmm. Cole is my special guest. Thank you again for coming in today. And it went by like that. It did. I'm very oh, sad. Wait. Like, like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if that plays on the radio. Oh my gosh, you do it way better <laughs> than I do. My palms are really sweaty because I'm I'm nervous. I'm, I'm sure because you look petrified. You're such a great guest. Yes, thank you. It makes me nervous. Uh, so just one more thing I wanted to talk to you about, but first of all, uh, before we go, so we've got Orlando Maker Fair coming up on the 22nd and 23rd. Of October, yep. You can go to orlandomakerfair.com to get tickets. Makerfairorlando.com. That's the one. Yeah. So, or you can just search for Orlando Maker Fair. Let's do that. <laughs> just search for that because you're not yeah. going to spell fair right probably the first time. Fair's so got an E at the end. Yeah. Look it up. And then get your tickets online, which is super convenient. And uh, is it cheaper to get them online? It is. It's cheaper to buy them online in advance than it will be the day of the event. So. And go. And go for at least one day. Because... And teachers are free. Oh, nice. And if teachers pull their tickets in advance, they fill out the online form, then they also get a half-price ticket. Oh, very cool. So. And it's just so much fun. You get to talk to people, go there and be ready to talk to people and spend some time at the booths that really pike your interest because that's uh that's what i think is the most fun and bring some money because there's going to be some amazing artists and other people there that are going to have some great products absolutely i buy so many crocheted things there um at makers fairs it's incredible and origami amazing origami people. oh yeah yeah jewelry and mm -hmm. leather and we have a huge steampunk section this year it's going to yeah. be really epic okay yeah steampunk it up uh, uh, and then the other thing that we can just plug real quick is the Maker Effect Foundation. So Absolutely. go check that out. Uh, Famalab, anything else you want to plug? You know, there's lots of great maker spaces in town. Famalab, Factor, yep. um, make something. Yeah, whatever that's it is. a bigger thing. If you're not sure how to get started, if you're not sure, if you want, always wanted to learn something, but you've been too scared to try, you know, there's somebody around you yeah. that can help you get started. Go to one of the open houses because you're not going to be disappointed in terms of you're not going to be uh, intimidated by the people there because they're really open and they want you to, you know, they want to encourage you. Absolutely. Which is great. Um, so one thing I want to get into, you are now in the maker community. You're ensconced in it. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by it all yes. the time. You're basically just carrying around a 3D printer constantly in case you have to rapid prototype. Pretty something. much. I had one in my car all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not your background. Your no. background was you went to UCF like I did, mm -hmm. and then uh, you got an accounting degree like I did not. I did radio <laughs> television uh, because of, I have a face for radio. Uh, but then we were in the same MBA class here at Rollins College together. Mm -hmm. um, and so you talked a little bit about that, getting a generalist degree uh, so that you could try some new stuff. Um, how does having the accounting degree and the experience that you had, I think it took you uh, just about as long as it did for me to get your bachelor's degree. Yep. You didn't go the four-year route. No, um, mostly because I was broke. Uh, when I finished high school, I got a scholarship to Valencia. So I went to Valencia and got my associate degree there. Okay. Um, it was a great school. It was also perfect to get an AA because, again, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And all the basics were kind of the same. So I got an AA there, transferred to UCF and went. Oh, I'm good with numbers. Accounting sounds good. You know, enjoyed that route, but. Yeah. And it took you a while. It took me a long time. Yeah. It took me a long time because I didn't understand all of my options. You know, I had to pay for it myself. I didn't, I didn't want to get into a whole lot of student loan student debt. debt. Yep. So I was, I, I paid as I went and it took me a long time, but I eventually got there. And there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. I think the smart, for a lot of people, the smart choice is to do a Valencia, Seminole State, an AA degree. Mm -hmm. You have a credential that you can use to apply for jobs and to go out and get stuff. And then you can build on that. And it doesn't have to be overnight. It doesn't have to be another two years. 
No, it doesn't have to be. You know, I finished my AA and then I getting into UCF was a breeze after that. I didn't have to go through a crazy process because yeah. I could just transfer in yep. as, you know, as degree seeking. And I declared a major right away. And that part of it went very smoothly. I was really surprised at how smooth that went. Great. Uh, so accounting, I just, I just think people who go into economics and accounting, like you see the world, like the matrix, like there's just numbers falling all the time. Uh, that's, pr that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. So how does that influence what you do now in terms of, uh, you know, the, the lens through which you see the world? I will say it influences everything. Um, and it drives the people around me crazy because every time I see something, my brain goes to how much that costs, Yep. not just to make it, but you know, the materials, the labor, what kind of equipment do you need? My brain goes straight to the nitty gritty details, which is why, you know, some of the people that I work with on my team are more visionary, more strategic. Mm -hmm. And so we complement each other really well. Knowing your natural gifts means you can find people who compliment you, who are better at the things that you're not so great at, which is what makes a good team. And that's how Maker Fair Lender has been able to grow because we know nice. what we can Who's and can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, we've run out of time. Doggone it. Thanks again. Uh, we'll have you back out, of course, at some point. Awesome. Um, you'll have to get up just as early, though. All right. Just for you. <laughs> And this has been To A Certain Degree. You can go to toacertaindegree.com to look up our song list and listen to the show afterwards and things of that nature. And coming up next, Music of the World, right after these messages on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida.